Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Hello and welcome. Today, I am joined by Carly Myers. Carly is an expert at helping professionals who feel overworked, overwhelmed, or on the verge of burnout relieve stress so that they can find more joy at work, home, and beyond. As the founder of The Stress Less Company, Carly has helped hundreds of professionals across the country take action to reduce stress through coaching. She believes there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to stress management. Carly holds a diploma from the American Institute of Stress, has had her work most recently featured in media outlets such as The Parade, Good Day Philadelphia, Fox 29, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Philly Mag, and Wooly Magazine. Welcome, Carly. So I am so thrilled and so happy to have you here as a guest today on the Six Pack Podcast. One of Carly's biggest lessons that she loves to teach, especially now during this really, really stressful time, is just easy strategies on reducing stress. And one question that I have for Carly and I know our listeners would love is that now more than ever, we are dealing with just an unknown level of stress than we ever have. And whether it's from having to work at home or the instability of work that some of us might be facing, kids at home with minimal activity or trying to homeschool or even kids moving back in from college. With this fall approaching and most of our communities going back to school, going back to work, businesses opening up, there's a level of stress and a level of uncertainty in families and in family life. And Carly is an expert in this area. And so, like I said, I am so thrilled to have her on today. And she is going to share with us any tips on how to deal with some of this right now. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so honored and humbled to be here. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, holy guamoli, like we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Um, and on top of that, we're dealing with, you know, our typical stressors, right? So things like job pressure and money and health was on that top five list even before all of this happened. And so, <laughs> yes. you know, we, on top of the worldwide pandemic, we're also experiencing these day-to-day chronic stressors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about in terms of how to reduce stress or simple ways to reduce stress, because quite frankly, oftentimes we're given, you know, these five or so mainstream approaches. And if these five or so mainstream approaches, for instance, yoga or meditation, right? Those are definitely in the five, five or so mainstream now, you know, if we're given those and they don't work, where do we land? Sure. And so what I've been finding during this time is that there's a lot of folks, and this is kind of part of my story from years and years and years ago and how I got into this line of work, but there's a lot of folks that have tried all of these mainstream approaches and they might work 
a little bit or they might not work at all. And then there's this space where they think, okay, well, there's gotta be something wrong with me. I should be able to handle, you know, homeschooling my kids and working a nine to five and cooking and cleaning and, <laughs> and you know, like everything and have a fabulous relationship with my romantic partner. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is, is that there's nothing wrong with anyone who's the, these mainstream approaches don't work on, or they don't work, get you to the place of happiness or contentment or silliness or whatever the beautiful state of mind is that you want to be in. And so, you know, we're talking about simple ways to reduce stress. One of the things that I, the foundation of what I teach my clients is actually this thing called creative stress reduction. And it's probably one of the most simplest is probably the simplest lesson I teach in terms of stress management. And so creative stress reduction is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, or freeze mode mm -hmm. and gets us into that state of play or flow, AKA rest and digest. And so the simplicity comes from the fact that it can be anything, anything at all. It can be going on a walk. It can be playing with your dog. It can be uh, formatting an Excel spreadsheet if that's what you're into. <laughs> But really, at the end of the day, the only thing that this activity has to do is get you out of fight or flight and into a state of play or flow or rest and digest. I love that. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be just these five or so mainstream approaches, though they may work for you. Maybe there's a combination. Maybe there's something that's completely unique to you that you can do to get out of that fight or flight mode. And I keep mentioning that because right now, Many of us are in that place. We are in, there may, may not be lions, tigers, and bears. Right. But for many of us, we're worried about our health. We're worried about uh, how, like if we were laid off or if we're a small business owner, where are the clients, right? What, what do I do in terms of finances? And so we are getting into that fight or flight mode. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things that I would just mention about fight or flight mode is that, and I, I chuckle because I'm thinking about a recent story from a client, but you know, fight or flight mode, when we get in that state, oftentimes, especially in today's world where there aren't lions, tigers, and bears, a lot of times we make really poor decisions mm -hmm. when we're in fight or flight. Because what happens is, is our, our vision narrows and we can't see the whole picture. And so I'm going to share this example from, you know, a few weeks ago with a client, because I think it's a really potent example. And so she was actually, my, my client was sitting on the couch watching a movie with her beloved. They were enjoying the night and then his phone buzzes and he picks up his phone and he starts texting and her immediate response was, oh my gosh, who's he's texting? Who's that woman? You know, he's cheating on me. And the spiral goes from there, right? Sure, yeah. As our <laughs> mind goes, right? <laughs> yes. And luckily she has been working with me for quite some time now. So she knew, okay, I just got triggered into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I don't know the whole story. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to implement some creative stress reduction. And I'm going to come back to this situation when I'm not in a triggered state. Great. And so what happened is she came back that whole, and that, let me tell you the whole time she was doing creative stress reduction, she was thinking that that jerk, you know, she was going, <laughs> <those thoughts. laughs> but she came back and she was able to be more clear. She was able to, you know, release some of the emotional grip. Mm -hmm. She was in a place where she could actually inquire 
and not from a place of, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. I'm going to take somebody down or I'm going to leave or something crazy has got to happen to resolve right. this. That initial reaction of anger and frustration and pain and all of it just coming to a head. Exactly, exactly. And so she was able to implement that creative stress reduction, come back, and she just said to her partner, she said, hey, you know, who were you texting earlier? Who's that woman you were texting earlier? Because she could see it was a woman's picture, but she couldn't see exactly who it was. Mm -hmm. And her partner says, he looks at her and he said, oh, that was my daughter. (laughs) She just wants your lasagna recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So all of the stress that she created for herself... For no reason, which I think that that's, you know, whether it's a situation like that with a partner or something like that. I mean, there's so many times that we let our mind, you know, play these games with us and we create and fabricate something much more greater than really than really that it is. Oh, a hundred percent. And that is the key. And that's why creative stress reduction is the foundation of what I teach, because if we are in fight or flight mode, the stories can spiral out of control that we tell ourselves and we can oftentimes make really rash decisions in addition to, you know, having to soothe with all of the emotions that are brought up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one differentiator that I always like to share about this technique is that it's not about babying yourself, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's about nurturing yourself intentionally so that you can get back into the game. So it's not, you know, going and getting drunk. It's not, eating the whole box of Oreos, you know, it's not, though it could, you know, be an activity that you love, but I love that nurturing yourself intentionally. I just wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, it, I mean, that's what it has to do. Cause it's, there's a fine line, right? Same thing goes with meditation and yoga and therapy and, and whatever the other things are, they're only healthy if the intention behind why you're using them right. are healthy. Right. Yeah. So when you talk about some of this foundation, you know, this foundational platform that you use, what are some, like, for example, that woman, what are some of those strategies that you've worked with some of your clients on? Do you mind, you know, giving us a little bit of tip of the iceberg of some of those? Yeah. So some great examples of what came up in terms of creative stress reduction for some of my clients are, we have your more common ones, like going on a walk, right? Just separating yourself from the situation. Mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, ones more like dancing and singing. We have gardening. You know, the options are infinite. I would say probably one of my funniest, because I always get the question about what's the most quirky creative stress reduction activity you've heard. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the most quirky, but it is my favorite because one of my clients, hers, is that she turns on her favorite 80s song and dances for 60 seconds. There you go. (laughs) Well, just getting your body moving, like changing the physiological aspect of your body, it creates, it, well, first of all, it creates endorphins. And so yep. your, your mood is going to change immediately. So I love the idea of, like you said, music, dance, something like that to, you know, or making some kind of a move, something like that in order to, you know, to change that state that you're in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so what I would recommend actually, in order to find out what activity works for the listeners is that we start with just a list of 50 to hundred items that are activities that you love doing. Cool. Okay. And so, you know, the reason that it's 50 to hundred is because, you know, then we have to go to the next part of this foundational step, which is to narrow that list down. So it only includes healthy and accessible and non-self-sabotaging activities, right? Uh-huh. So 
once we have that list, what we're going to do next is we're going to ask ourselves four really important questions. So the first question being, does this activity have the potential to harm myself or someone else? I hope you all are writing these down. Exactly. (laughs) I am. (laughs) And you know, I actually have a free download. I can provide the link for you, Erin, to include in the show notes that has all of this information. So that would be fabulous. (laughs) Remind me of that at the end too, so that we can mention that. Absolutely. But yeah, so you're going to start with, you know, asking yourself, could this activity put myself or someone else in harm's way? Mm -hmm. And then if the answer is yes, you're going to cross it off. Right. If The next question that you're going to ask is, you know, does this item, does this activity have the potential to trigger me? So based on my past experience, maybe my past trauma, what I've gone through in life, could this trigger me? Could this put me back into fight or flight mode? Okay, good. I was going to ask that. Like when you said triggered me, was it trigger me in a good way? Trigger me in, you know, maybe in a not so positive way. So I love the fact that you said putting me back into fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, the Trading whole, the whole definition, exactly. The whole definition of creative stress reduction is to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so a great example of this, you know, I'll share a more extreme example than a simplified version is, you know, I had a client a few years ago who was a survivor of sexual assault Mm -hmm. and everyone kept telling her, they they would say things like, you know, you've got to go to the spa. You've got to get a massage. Oh my gosh. It's going to make your body feel great. It's going to make you feel Uh, so relaxed. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, my client knew that even when her friends would just grab her arm to, you know, take her somewhere to, you know, guide her in a certain direction or, you know, just certain touch that was innocent would still make her uncomfortable. And so we crossed it off her list because that's not something she wasn't sure if it was something that triggered her. doesn't mean she can't do it, you know, in a different setting, in a different environment and explore it. It could be healing for her, but it's not going to be her creative stress reduction. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, a simpler example of that would be perhaps we have a little bit of body shame or, you know, we're not exactly in love with the way our body is. And then we have going to the beach on our list. Yeah. This time of year, there's a lot of 18 year olds with really nice bodies on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) So knowing, you know, okay, am I going to go to the beach and am I going to compare myself? Am I going to get myself into fight or flight that, you know, whatever that means, you know, I've worked with clients where that means, you know, my partner is going to leave me because I'm overweight, right? So a lot of stories that we want to, we want to be aware of and we want to avoid because we don't want to get ourselves even more triggered. Now, The third question that you're going to ask is, does this activity fit into my resources? Okay. So does it fit into my time resources, my financial resources, my social resources? Right. So a lot of times when this list, when we finalize that list and I'm working with clients, the one thing that's probably the most excitedly scribbled is that fancy vacation. Yeah. Which we would all love to take. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. No harm, no foul. But, you know, for some folks, we go to their bank account and it says a completely different story. Yes. And so we want to make sure that we're not, you know, putting things on our credit card that we can't afford that's going to cause us more stress in the future. Because again, we're trying to avoid this. We're trying to minimize our stress here. And also, you know, taking the perspective of, well, if we're a parent, do we have somebody who's willing to on the social side of things, watch our kids for yeah, a week. Absolutely. Someone who's willing to watch our kids for an hour. <laughs> right. 
I mean, either way, that adds a level of stress sometimes, you know, because just the that's the organization of if you are going to be gone or you and your partner are going to, you know, whether it's go out for a night or go away for a weekend. I mean, that's a whole level of stress of getting family life ready so that things go smoothly when you're gone so that, you know, you're not contacted 20 different times, you know, and <laughs> yeah. wanting something so you can actually enjoy that time if you're going to if you're going to make that time for yourself or if that's if that's reasonable. So yeah, I love that. Like you said, making it fit into the resources that you have and not adding another level of stress. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, so if it's in your resources, you can keep it on your list, but if it's not within your resources right now, right. Your resources that you're not, you know, Oh, let me make a call and see if it's in my resources. No, you know, really just with your current resources, crossing that off if it doesn't fit in. And then the last question that you know, we asked to narrow down this list is probably one of the most important ones. And it is asking ourselves if I did this activity every single time I was stressed out, would it be healthy? Mm-hmm. So there goes the wine, there goes the <laughs> cookies. Yeah. <laughs> there goes all of the stuff like that that we used to numb, right? Versus yeah. nurture. And You know, from that point, after we, if we honestly go through those four questions and we honestly answer them, what we're left with is we're lucky 10 or 15 items that are healthy, accessible, and and we're able to do today, or if we're not so lucky, one or two, but either way, Mm -hmm. we have activities that we can start implementing to get out of fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And there's a caveat here, which is that what this formula is doing is it's trying to, it it is helping each individual who works it find what works for them uniquely. And so when we're left with those items, our next job is to start exploring. Does this, does this work for me? Or did I just think it was going to work for me? Sure. Right. Cause I would, I would imagine is that, you know, many or time, many times, like you said, you start out with you know, 50 to 100 items. And then, like you said, as you go through those four different questions, you narrow it down. And if you're lucky, you might end up with 10, 10 or 15. But then even from that, it needs to probably be, or it will possibly be narrowed even more. Yeah. After you, you know, are in that position where you do feel like you're in that fight or flight mode or, or you are stressed, um, you might try a couple of them and you're like, mm, thought it was going to work, yep. but it's not working. Or maybe it's just the day. Or maybe it depends on the, I would imagine probably the level of the the trigger, so yep. to speak, that, that you were at. I mean, if it was something that, you know, was potentially, you know, very painful for you, you know, there might be, you know, uh, some activities that just don't fly, don't really even touch it at all. Exactly. And yeah, so, you know, once you're in that place, you're, you're definitely narrowing it down. So you have the list that you're narrowing down, but then you have the activities that have made it to the finals, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to, you know, perhaps you go on a walk, like a walk is one of the items that made it through your list, just walking around the block or something like that. You might get on that walk and the entire time you're on the walk, you're thinking about all the emails you need to respond to. You're thinking about what, you know, your colleague said, what a client said, your brain is going a million miles a minute. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, I would be so less stressed, so much less stressed if I was just at home in front of my email. Right? Yeah. That's and a really good point. Right. So if you have that moment when you're doing that activity, you know that it's not working for you. Yeah. That's a really good point. In one of our previous shows, we had talked about, you know, just on, on Sunday, kind of taking that time to prioritize some of those things that 
might be causing you stress or things that you you need to do. But really, like you said, like the emails, those kind of things, those things that are weighing heavy on you, a lot of times we have a tendency to like push them mm-hmm. off to the side where really those are the things we need to tackle first because yeah. then the, everything else is just going to fall in line and things are going to feel, you just feel like you have this weight kind of lifted off of you. So even sometimes how we don't want to tackle some of those things that are probably the you know, the most stressful things, it's probably better to do those type of things first so that we can, like I said, have a little bit more of a clear perspective on things also. Plus we feel really good about ourselves when you get, when you 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 know, that's been weighing on you the most. Yes. When you finally do that thing, you've been avoiding for way too long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I would say, I would argue though, you know, there's a caveat around that, which is that, you know, if you're in fight or flight mode, definitely finding another activity before returning to that email. Cause again, sure. we're doing nurture. We're coming from a place of nurture, not, not self-soothing or numbing. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in self-soothing and numbing, our perspective on everything can change. And that's when those, those snippy emails go out. That's when the, <laughs> right? so we want to make sure that we're out of fight or flight, but the whole process being that we're going to, you know, if we do an activity and it's not working for us, we're just going to go back and we're going to cross it off our list. Mm-hmm. And if it does work, that's when we can say, okay, this is in my toolbox. This, maybe this activity works for sad, stressed, and this activity works for angry as heck, stressed, right? And this activity works for that. But we're slowly, what we're doing is we're just filling up our toolbox so that when we experience these variety of stress responses, we know what works uniquely for us. And I think that is the beauty of, you know, the foundational stuff that I teach, because, you know, if we're not doing that, then we are sending those snippy emails and we are, you know, going through life in a triggered state. And that's when we get to the scary stuff that we hear about stress, right? Like cardiovascular disease or um, something as big as cardiovascular disease, heart attack, strokes, or something as small, and putting that in air quotes, as small as irritation or anxiety. Sure. So I do kind of have, I have a question for you as far as, um, I mean, a lot of this is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. really, if you don't take that internal look at yourself of even recognizing when you're in flight or fight mode, I mean, you're not even going to be able to get to the list. So you know, I think that, you know, obviously, if someone's listening to this podcast, they are, you know, aware, probably a little bit more than maybe if some other people of, you know, and more in tune to that about themselves and and where they're at, you know, with the different situations. But what if you're around someone that does not have that awareness or, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes then that's frustrating to you. Or what if it's somebody that you're really close to, you know, maybe a partner or a parent or a child that does get in that flight or fight mode. Do you have any strategies that you can help us with or, you know, any suggestions that you could give us on if we're trying to, I mean, these are great for ourselves, but if we have somebody that's really dear to us that doesn't have that awareness, like how can we get them or help them out of that fight or flight mode or even help them recognize that they're in it. Yeah. So, well, the first thing that I I want to share around that line of thought is that we have to, anytime we want to help others, we have to make sure that we are coming from a place of clarity, a place of, of love, calm, right? Yeah. Love a hundred percent. Because if we, if there's any need within us that has not been met, mm-hmm. that oftentimes what that sense of help is doing is we we begin to start expecting things in return. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I agree with you. 
Yeah. So that's the first thing is that, you know, while we want to help the people that we love, we have to make sure that our emotional foundation is, is really solid. So we can hold somebody else who's in a triggered state. Yes. Um, okay. The other thing, you know, a great example of how you might help a family member is really taking them out to do activities that you think that they might enjoy that fit into that category of getting out of fight or flight or into a state of play. Mm -hmm. A great example of this is even my partner has to do it for me. <laughs> and uh, The other day I, we had a stressful incident with our dog and being hospitalized and oh. right. That's a trigger. Right. And he understood that I was in a triggered state and he said, you know what? He's in the hospital. There's nothing we can do. Let's go for a walk on, in the park next to the river while the sun's setting, he set everything up and he supported me. I didn't, I didn't know that I was in fight or flight mode. I was just talking to the doctors, getting the stuff done. Right. right. That's exactly what I mean. Like sometimes mm -hmm. we don't know that we're in that. And like you said, to be able to have someone that is a, whether it's your partner or a, you know, a best friend or someone that's like a safe person, so to speak, that yeah. knows you well enough to know that, okay, She's over the edge a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What can, what going can on. I do? Right. Calmly. Like you said, calmly. What can I do to help her? Yeah. And it doesn't come from the place of, you know, notice that he didn't, you know, when I shared that story, he wasn't like, Carly, you're, you're triggered. You're acting a little over, like a little wild here, right? Yeah. We need to go on a walk. He didn't say anything like that. He wasn't pointing fingers. He wasn't saying, I can't handle you. He was just yes. saying, why don't we go to walk? I think it would be great. There's nothing else we can do. And it's coming from that place of supportiveness, but also when we're helping others, it's always an ask. It's never a, we must. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was like, well, why don't we do this? How does that sound? I love that. It's always an ask. Always. So that reminds me actually of when you shared that, that reminds me of a story this week where I had, as you know, I have, I have six kids, but I had three of the little ones um, at home and I was trying to get dinner ready. And, you know, I mean, activities just aren't the same right now. You know, they're just, they're not involved in the things that they were, you know, we're not going out and, you know, just, just to be as safe as possible. We're not doing a lot of things. And so it was, I was getting dinner ready and they were just, I'm going to say triggered. They were just, they were nuts. They were, it was just one little fight after another. And it seemed like no matter what I did, there wasn't anything that, you know, was really stopping them. So I got the dinner to a point where, you know, I was able to kind of turn things off and left it. I said, okay, everybody get your helmets on, get your scooters, get your bikes, get the dog, let's go. And all we did was you know, well, I didn't ask him. I actually just said, let's go. <laughs> so I need to work on that. <laughs> I did say just <laughs> like, let's get out of here. Like, yeah. Let's go get your butts outside. Shoes on. We're out. <laughs> so we just took a walk up to the park area. We have a trail and we just walked around the trail. You know, I had them do like three or four laps on their bikes around it. And honestly, then by the time we got home, it was like everyone was in a completely different mood and I was able to finish dinner and then they, they actually sat down and colored and it was quiet. And I'm like, that was such a good lesson for me because, you know, a lot of times this actually quarantine has developed a whole different level of patience for me myself, because I have just taken, learned to take a couple steps back when things like that are happening and recognizing that their life is not the same right now. My life is not the same right now. Yep. And so it has, it has helped me with patience, but that was a really good lesson for me. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I 
don't think I completely recognized it at that point. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking, it made me recognize that and realize that, that that might be something that I need to do a little bit more often. And maybe I won't be so forceful and demanding and tell them to, you know, get outside. Maybe I'll say, Hey, (laughs) would you like to go on a walk (laughs) instead of let's go? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And again, that comes from a place. It's easy though. Like that's a great example. And probably everyone in America is like me too, please. Like (laughs) that's yes. But it also goes to show that the nuances of helping others is complex, right? Relationships are our biggest spiritual teacher. That's what I say to my clients. And, you know, noticing that when there's something in you that's triggered, so there was some sort of something going on for you, right? Is my guess, right? And so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was either okay, I could blow and I could yell at them, or I could figure out what we need to do right now that's different because whatever I was doing before wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so, when there's something within you that's not fully settled, the emotional foundation isn't settled. That's when it's let's go versus would you like to? Yeah, right, right, right. And um, oh, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think probably now, you know, a little bit now more than ever. And like I said, you know, with everybody, things opening up a little bit more, people not working from home as much, transitioning back into the workplace, you know, schools starting to, you know, as planned reopen, you know, there's just that uncertainty and, you know, not knowing what's it going to be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I teach in, you know, working with my private clients is that is really to acknowledge how much change you've gone through, we've gone through as individuals. Because quite frankly, humans are, we are, we love our routines. We love our predictability. Even if we are the adventurous type, there's some sort of predictability that we have in our life, whether it's a cup of coffee in the morning or what it is. But Mm -hmm. change, just change in and of itself, whether it's good or bad, whether it's COVID-19 or getting married or getting that promotion, change after change after change can cause a lot of stress. And so knowing and being aware of that and nurturing versus numbing again, yes, to get through it is going to be a key, you know, perspective shift that can support us. Yeah. And I do think it's important, like you said, with that nurturing part, I mean, there's the thing is, is that this is when you think about it as a country, this has been, you know, somewhat of a level playing field for us. We've all experienced some type of effect And Mm -hmm. so that's something that we all have in common and I think need to nurture ourselves and actually celebrate the fact that like we're doing it every day. Mm -hmm. We're surviving. We're getting through it some days better than others. But Mm -hmm. the fact of just taking that moment to like celebrate yourself and love yourself for the fact that, okay, deep breath, you know, Mm -hmm. tomorrow's the next day and I'm going to do it again. Yes, 100%. A hundred percent. And even if that, you know, I love that example of saying like, like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to overcome this or I'm going to do, I'm going to make it to the other side of this. If that belief, just want to know something for those that are listening that maybe is like, yeah, I can say it all I want, but I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> right. Right. That, you know, one of the things that we can do with that belief, because that really serves us in rising to the occasion that serves us in making it through this difficult time. If we don't necessarily believe that, what I would encourage folks to do is to gather evidence as to why you can survive this. Awesome. Every day that, I mean, and really every day they have evidence. Every day I did it today. <laughs> I did it today. I did it yesterday. Ain't no reason I can't do it tomorrow. Right. And it's, 
it's really a great perspective shift. Um, you know, especially, you know, pre COVID, I would have conversations about losing jobs or losing boyfriends or partners. Right. And we thought a lot of clients thought that they couldn't handle that stressor, Mm -hmm. but the reality is, is they've done it before and they got, it turned out that they were so much stronger. They got even more, you know, blessings, if you will. Right. That transition. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, gosh, Carly, thank you so much. This was just so much wonderful, so much great content. And if you don't mind, if we could just kind of take a little bit here at the end and maybe let our listeners know how can they get in contact with you. And I know that you had mentioned before that there was, you know, a complimentary session from your stress less clarity session that you had to where, you know, maybe they could uh, access that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, the real hard part of the stress management journey isn't necessarily, you know, finding the creative stress reduction activity. It's not necessarily, you know, going, finding out that walks serve you, right? Right. But it, the real hard work is finding those chronic stressors, those triggers that are continuing to show up over and over and over in our, in our lives mm-hmm. and finding where we have control to make some changes so that when crazy unpredictable stressors like COVID-19 happen, it's not the straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And I share all of that because that's really what this complimentary session is about. It's about helping you know, you figure out exactly what's triggering you and what you need to do about it and to see how I can support you in moving forward because this is the hard stuff. So, yeah. you know, you can apply for that session if, if it resonates and you're interested by going to stresslesscode.com slash apply. Perfect. And I will have that link in the show notes as well. But I don't know if you all caught on to that, but Carly is giving you a 30-minute session, you know, just you and her on maybe working through some of this. So that is actually a huge dollar value for our listeners as well. So that's very, very generous of you. And Again, I will put that link in the show notes. In addition to, I'm going to put Carly's Instagram, Facebook, website, all of that information in there as well. And that way, if any of you would like to explore this a little bit further, because really it does come down to, you know, not only understanding, like she said, those different strategies that you can use to those creative strategies that you can do to help reduce the stress, but actually understanding where that's coming from and why that's happening, especially if it's continuing to keep happening. And that's actually where the real work, that's where the real work is. Because if we don't get to the root of it, if we don't get to that, then 50 miles of walks isn't going to do much. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like that water analogy. I don't know if, if you've ever seen that professor, you know, how asking at the front of the classroom, he's holding his water and he asks, how heavy is this water? And the class is all guessing, you know, oh, it's 16 ounces, it's a pound, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you're missing the point. You know, right now, I just picked up this glass and it's not that heavy. But five days from now, five hours from now, five minutes from now, it's going to feel so much heavier. That's right. I love that. And I think that is what we're talking about here in letting go of those chronic stressors, those ones that show up over and over and over again. Because when it happens once, it's not so heavy. Mm -hmm. But when it happens over and over again, that's when we run into some struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Carly. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. 
please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week and tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.